and welcome to episode number nine of the Backing Paper Podcast. An early apology, listeners. I have got an audio glitch this evening that we have spent the last hour trying to get rid of, and we cannot, so... Um, bear with, I'll try and shut up as much as possible and let uh, my wonderful co-host this evening talk as much as possible. Unfortunately, it's something he's very good at because joining us all the way from Louisville, Kentucky, it's the dulcet tones of Mike Gutterman. Mike, how are you doing, mate? I'm doing, I'm doing very fine, Graham, and I think the, the last thing uh, the world needs is any more of me talking uh, uh, so I think maybe uh, maybe we're just going to have to make this a short one, huh? What about that? <laughs> I, I wish, but there's so many good emails. I think this is turnaround is fair play. When we had you on the Sunny 16 show back in March, uh, your audio uh, sounded like complete ass. So tonight, my audio is going to sound like ass. Um, and uh, it's yours that will sound lovely, and your dulcet tones will be a delight for everyone to listen to. Um, well, I, would, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I, I would think, actually, the uh, last time I was on, it was actually my fault that the audio sounded so bad. Uh, but this time I am going to let uh, lay the blame squarely on your shoulders. But, That's uh, fair <laughs> enough. I'm still going to say it's your fault, though. I'm going to say that there's some bad karma. Um, that's totally your responsibility. Speaking of emails, let's crack on with these, because we've got another bumper pile this week. Do you want to take this worst one from Daniel Novak? And I'm, I'm really hoping you're better at reading than Matthew is. <laughs> Don't let me do don't let me down bruce <laughs> mr daniel novak good to hear from uh daniel he's uh very active on the negative positive so oh, really uh, oh well really. scrap his one then <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to uh graham daniel uh he doesn't uh he doesn't mean what he says but um all right let's go with uh daniel he says hello graham I'm listening to the latest podcast, and I must say I'm with you on the topic of the TLRs and gear in general. I do not understand why different gear could not be part of challenging oneself photographically. If someone wants to learn studio lighting, they may need lights. If someone wants to learn macro photography, they may need a macro lens. Specialized gear often supports a specialized process. Thus, I am failing to see how TLRs should be excluded. Moving to a TLR from an SLR or a rangefinder will challenge people from a composition point of view. You talked about the rule of thirds and, and how rigidity is off. It, it, and how, <laughs> how rigidly Oh, here we go. <laughs> it is often applied. The square format of a TLR forces photographers to rethink what they've learned. Yes, the left and right are swapped and it can be confusing at first, but it can also serve a purpose. First, the image on the ground glass can be perceived as more of an abstract forcing, more of an abstract forcing the photographer to think of lines and shapes instead of focusing on the content. Also, since many of us are taught to read from left to right, we also look in images uh, in the same direction. Now, if you reverse this perception during composition, what is that going to do to the final result? It's all too interesting. To sum it up, I agree that gas can get in the way of being creative. Learning a new camera every time we go out is probably going to hamper our creativity. But somehow eliminating TLRs as a form of photographic challenge uh, and growth just feels very arbitrary. Enjoy the weekend. Cheers, Dan. So, uh, yeah, that's, a, that's good. I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm with Dan, uh, as my T-shirt says. Um, 
you, I don't know whether you heard, but obviously we had Anil on, who was also on your show with his epic monologue. Um, and Anil and, and Aid both were saying how they just can't get on with TLRs. And, you know, we had a bit of a discussion about it. Where do you fall on TLRs? They, I don't tend to see, because I don't think Pentax make a TLR. So, <laughs> no, no. Uh, well, I do have a, I only have one TLR. It's a Kodak, uh, it's called a Reflex 2. And uh, I, I mentioned it on my show as uh, one of the, Oh, you've uh, got a show, have you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> As, yeah, yeah, occasionally, uh, just every once in a while, just it, <laughs> you know, it, when I feel like somebody needs to hear one. So, uh, but uh, but the uh, uh, I mentioned it as like a, a good uh, bargain, you know, a, a bargain basement TLR that was actually pretty good. And then I got uh, pretty much hammered by uh, listeners of uh, saying uh, how crappy that camera is. So <laughs> I don't know if the TL, if my TLR is really the right experience for me to say whether I like them or not. But I've only shot about a half row through it at this point. I haven't even been able to finish the row. So I have not really enjoyed the experience. Uh, but, I, I mean, I, I, I don't have anything against them. I need to shoot it more to really get a final uh, conclusion on TLRs. But I haven't necessarily enjoyed it. But I do uh, think that, you know, it's uh, using different types of cameras or new cameras. I, I find it inspiring. I, it doesn't seem to hamper my creativity. If anything, it seems to help it. So, of course, that just gives me an excuse to buy more cameras. So I think it's, it's probably where I'm coming at. But So I'm just looking at the pictures of the Kodak Reflex now. Mm-hmm. Is it actually a true twin lens reflex or is it more of a box brownie with two lenses? Oh, it's- it's a it's a true uh, TLR. Uh, there's a reflex and the reflex two, and uh, uh, yeah, it's it's a true real deal. It was back uh, when Kodak uh, really was actually trying to make really good cameras. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> that somehow makes it worse. Um, oh, hang on a second. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's it doesn't look as if it focuses very much. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It focuses just like any other TLR. <laughs> okay, maybe, I, maybe I'm looking at the wrong one because this looks pretty basic. This looks like a basic BH. Um, but, uh, well, anyway, I definitely think it's worth trying. As he said last week on the show, I think everybody should have a go with a, a decent TLR just to get an idea of what it's like. And I don't think it is for everybody. I completely don't think it's for everybody, but um, I think everyone should have a go with it. So check that out. I agree. Okay, uh, I will read the next one because uh, it's short. It's real short. Uh, this is an email from Jacob Herman who wrote in last week to ask, are the older episodes still available? The feed does not have episodes prior to episode 44. This was a problem that we had. Um, I don't know why. Everything was fine and then it wasn't. Um, but what we found was that on iTunes and everything that feeds from iTunes, which is most podcast readers, um it was only showing the last 100 episodes. So as we released a new episode, another one got bumped off into Not Theirsville. Um, It was an easy fix, which has been done. Uh, So you should now find all the older episodes on uh, iTunes or your podcast reader of choice. Uh, They should all be there from episode one onwards. Um, But let me know if you're having any difficulties. And in general, Podbean is a safe place to go to have a look. do you want to take this next one from Ian Fleming, Mike? I sure will. He says, uh, Dear Sunbeams, listening to Backing Paper, your listener Hillary with the lovely old uh, large format camera, can I re- recommend the Customs Bellow Company in Birmingham, Birmingham UK? Uh, 
they can make them for her, but probably not replace. The shutter is more difficult. There is a camera fixer. Oh, I like how you give me all these English towns. <laughs> <Where's this? laughs> Could you say Tipperton. it in an English accent as well, please? Uh, bloody uh, t- a Tipperton Devon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> What was that? You're literally talking to an English person, Mike. I, I think you think you're confusing English people with aliens from another planet. Well, you know, I, I owe you for the uh, absolutely horrible uh, impression that I got of a Kentucky accent on a previous show. So uh, uh, <laughs> I put it out there. It made us sound like a bunch of banjos, man. I don't know where that, where that came from. Oh, I've got some bad news for you, Mike. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> Okay, uh, I thought he had been on this podcast at some at some point. Uh, she could ask the, I guess, MPP user group, possibly. I hope this helps. Love the podcast. Thanks for the tip. No, that's uh, what you, that's just that's an email. You don't have to read that bit. Um, yeah, so who, Ian's um, referring to uh, Lyndon, who was on the show previously, and um, we certainly recommended that she give Lyndon a call. Um, yeah, Custom Bellows Company, that definitely sounds like it's worth a try. And the MPP user group, because obviously MPP are, I say obviously, why well, would it be obvious? MPP are an old, uh, large format camera. So if there's a user group devoted to these cameras, they may well be able to help with that stuff so good tip uh okay this next one is from mm, armish jill mm, doesn't <laughs> ring any bells anyway uh, armish writes in oi oi one of the times you convinced me to flap my mouth on the podcast i said that i was fed up of the question which film camera should i buy well, I finally snapped. I don't think this is even finally snapped. I think he snapped years ago. And wrote a five and a half thousand word article detailing my response. Oof. I'm sure your listeners are past these early questions, but my comments on the podcast have always stuck with me as probably sounding a bit sniffy. This post details why. Uh, so anybody who's interested in a five and a half thousand word article in response to the question, which camera should I buy? Should go to Hamish's blog, 35mmc.com and search for which film camera should I buy? Um, hope you're all well from Hamish. Uh, that sounds brilliant, Hamish. And whether or not you've decided which camera you're going to buy, it's still worth checking out and reading what Hamish has got to say always, any day of the week. Do you want to take the next double from Toby Van Der Velde, Mike? Uh, we'll try it. Uh, Toby says, hi, Sunbeams. I've just listened to backing paper number seven as I dev up my latest foam core pinhole paper nags. Alex podcasting his way around Wells sounds like he's having a, uh, a lot of fun. Are you really short of incoming emails? Clearly I haven't emailed. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't emailed you, uh, you lot for ages. Time keeps running away from me. Uh, hence my total failure regarding the latest cheap shots challenge. Sorry about that. Well, don't don't be sorry about that because uh, they don't even. Uh, I didn't even get. I didn't even make the cut on the cheap shots challenge. Yeah, so that was a complete waste of my time. Anyway, so. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, uh, I mean, we had to look at your picture, so it was a waste of everybody's time. <laughs> uh, to hell with that cheap shots challenge. It's fixed anyway. It's all rigged. I know it. But um, okay, uh, I've got the dash. The next print 
uh, needs fixing. Here's a pic of me drinking beer in my gorilla darkroom. I'll send you a pic of the pic when it's dry. Uh, adios, amiibos. Is that supposed to be amigos, maybe? I don't know. Uh, no, I think he's calling us the small models that you buy to go with your Nintendo, which is bizarre. <laughs> and yeah, there was a follow-up from Toby, uh, because once Toby stops, stops, starts, he can't stop. So go on to the next one, Mike. Okay. Hi again, Sunbeams. I loved listening to Anil. He has some great thoughts on photography. I am not keen on TLR shooting myself. Do you want to buy a Mamiya C330? No, but also, I'd like to be given one for nothing, so there's that. There you go. Also, I've never met a shooter uh, worth or salt who wouldn't sit down and talk shop until the cows come home. The idea of meeting up with other photographers and not being willing to share ideals and knowledge just does not compute with me, either on the internet or in real life. I've had a productive evening. I've made contact prints from my 10x4 and 5x7 foam core pinhole cameras and 6x9 contacts from my Voigtlander Bessa folder. Uh, I have sent you a pic of the results. I'll be posting proper pics on Insta soon enough. Uh, one day I might even catch up with the latest show. Claire Marie was a very interesting listen as well. Ciao for now, Toby. Thank you very much, Toby. Um, I I thought phone call was some sort of spongy dance music. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm a bit out of touch. Um, and incidentally, you know, you, you keep saying... like. On your show, because uh, apparently you have a show. I mean, I, I don't listen, but um, I've heard it's well, but it's terrible. But um, <laughs> you just keep saying, "Oh, I want, I'd like that camera." And people just keep sending you this camera, cameras, Mike. You're always getting stuff sent to you. What's the trick to that? <laughs> well, I think it's, uh, I think it's uh, just dashing good looks. I mean, it's the only thing mm, I can achieve. No, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> I'm assuming pity. Uh, <laughs> utter, utter pity. <laughs> <laughs> that could possibly be it. Well, I mean, they they probably realize, Graham, with the, you guys being such kingpins of the podcast industry, that they probably f- figure you have all kinds of money rolling in from doing the show oh, that you don't need. So rich, here. you know, we we are so rich. That's why we don't have any adverts or sponsorship or any form of income is because we're so rich from the secret money we make from the show. We just we don't <laughs> have time to spend it. It's all the secret money. Oh God, we, oh yeah, we is minted, bro. That's what people who listen to phone calls sound like. Um. Anyway, I'll, I'll have another crack at reading the email. I think if it's a short one. Uh, oh yeah, it is good. Uh, this is from Dave Varrow, uh, and again, following on from the show with Anil. Um, Hi, Sunbeams. Really enjoyed the last episode with Anil. No punches held there. Interesting to hear about the struggles people have with TLRs, with the left-to-right reversed images. No one ever mentions the same problem with SLRs with waist-level finders, such as Hasselblad's or Rolly SL66, etc. Any thoughts? Keep up the good work. Brings a ray of sunshine into my daily commute. Uh, thank you very much, Dave. I suspect that the reason you don't hear that complaint very much is because um, if you're shooting with a Hasselblad or a Rolly SR66, you're quite invested in that. You kind of knew what you were going into. Uh, you haven't just picked up a TLR for you know, 50, 60 quid on eBay maybe and are trying it out. This is something that you've gone down the road of in quite a big way. So you've you've put in the time to get used to it and get past it. But um, you ever shot with a Hasselblad or anything like that? Oh, no. See, I'm, I, I don't make the money that you guys make doing the Euros podcast, so I can't afford that kind of stuff, no. But, uh... <laughs> you know what? From listening to your show, you know what I think is happening? 
I think Andre's siphoning <laughs> off all of your secret podcast money because he's oh, that must be it. bunking so <laughs> much money on watches <laughs> and likers and I mean, <laughs> medium format. Goes. And um, what was it Rachel was telling me the other day? He drives a mini, drives a fancy mini. The guy is clearly loaded. And the only explanation is he's getting all of your secret <laughs> podcast money. That must be it. He, I don't think he drives a mini. I don't think. I, don't, oh. I think he wants one. But oh. uh, but you know, trust me, if we if the way he keeps spending money on watches, he can probably afford it. So yeah, yeah I don't understand the watch thing, man. It's uh, it's kind of a uh, it just came out of nowhere. But um, he's selling cameras to buy watches. It's unacceptable. It, so, it is unacceptable. Yeah. It is unacceptable. <laughs> and yet he hasn't yet paid enough money to take that bucket off his head that he keeps wearing when he records. It's weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> at least by a better bucket oh uh, okay where when we record uh, the show with you uh graham you might have a bucket on your head too so i'd be uh, careful seems... i've got i've got my bucket out but i'm hoping <laughs> i'm hoping to get the full gutterman experience of uh audio uh interpretation it's gonna be great okay um I'm going to give you, because it's a long one and my audio is terrible, I'm going to give you the treat of reading the weekly, not, it's not always weekly, but we always hope to get an email from our good friend, Jeremy. So, good luck, Mike. <laughs> and, okay, I don't even know how to, what is this? Uh, it's foreign language here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, you mean English? I, I mean, I know you're from Louisville, but... Uh, oh, no, it's just... Uh, the first bit, sorry. Uh, uh, cher rayon de soleil. There you go, I've done okay. that bit for you. That's, <laughs> you managed to butcher that lesson I would have. So, <laughs> but all right, uh, here we go. So it's been a couple of weeks since my last confession. Uh, since then, you've had a session with Anno, then a crappy cameras event. So there should be plenty for me to mull over. Firstly, Sandra has raised the bar. The cheap shot thing was a great success. Uh, except that she didn't choose my photo, but uh, other than that, uh, she absolutely made it her own. Apart from the double entendre mess up, oops, exposure, it was great that she narrowed her choices to two, then uh, to ten, then two, then one. The artist statement bit was an added bonus, which I think from now on should be mandatory. The only thing I'd suggest to make it better would be to limit the entries to only one per person. Even the sunny 16 pictures seemed to work well, though I have a few doubts as to the independence of the judge voting for her biggest fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no FF was necessary. Uh, Fast-forwarding. Jeremy had been threatening to fast-forward through most of the show. I don't know whether you remember, but the last judging show before that with Johnny Sissons was a little bit long. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a was a, a bit of a marathon. But yeah. I, I was working in the factory, so I enjoyed it. So it got me through the night. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> that's, that's one person who's uh, enjoyed it. Good. <laughs> Put that, uh, strike in the positive comment. <laughs> okay, so no fast forward was necessary. I enjoyed it all except the bits when Aid asked a question about something which had already been well explained. <laughs> Someone should rattle his cage from time to time. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Okay. Um, as for the uh, for last week with Anil, hmm. He did use a lot of analogies which don't work. Yes. <laughs> Keep on kicking him. <laughs> yes, it's fine to say that photography is like cookery and that one should hone one's skills to produce the real deal as opposed to some cook uh, in a cook in a jar mush. Or that a joiner should produce neat and solid dovetail joints. However, he didn't say why it is okay 
to produce a blurry, badly exposed picture of some random thing. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> Now I know where you're having me read this. Anna's going to hear this in my voice and think that I hate him or something. Keep going. (laughs) Okay, here we go. All right. Uh, That would be like serving a dinner under under or overcooked with the wrong spices and served as a kind of slop. (laughs) Or a dovetail joint which is out of square and loose. I loved Aid's question about Jesus' parables. At least the Lord made... Decent illustrations. <laughs> as, the, as the good book says in Matthew thirteen thirty four, Anil should think it through. Um, anyway, it was a good listen. Regarding the SLR versus rangefinder TLR dispute, an SLR even equipped with a split screen focusing aid is less accurate than a rangefinder as the base of the finder is only as wide as the front element of the lens which is a lot less uh, than a rangefinder. However, it is all about feeling comfortable with the camera. If one used a Hasselblad or TLR for long enough, it won't be a problem. However, there are many who prefer the SLR thing, which I get completely. It is more natural. Finally, here's a link to a fantastic discussion about a photography project and the questions it throws up. Uh, do you want to re- want me to read that gigantic... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, so it's on a website called historyextra.com. Uh, so if listeners go, I will try and remember to put the link in the show notes, but let's be real here. Um, but go to historyextra.com and search for the history color photography of Dan Jones, Marina Amar, um, Amaral, Amaral, less Amaral, uh, colorization. Um, I haven't had a chance to look at it myself, uh, but it sounds really good, and I will do my best to put the link in the show notes. Uh, thank you very much, Jeremy. It's good to see that you do not feel that you're quite done yet with bullying Anil. <laughs> and, and if it was anybody else, then we would not let it stand. But um, we would, you know, Anil said on the show that he, you know, after years of working in the biz, he does not have an ego, but... Um, what what I'm pretty convinced of is that he very much does have an ego. It's just a diamond hard coated ego that can ward off bullets. Uh, like his his, shield, his wings are like a shield of steel. He's fine. Uh, but thank you very much for the email. Always entertaining. Um, we've got one. Uh, no, this is not the last one. It's in the quick one. Um, we've got a lovely email here from a uh, friend of the show we haven't heard from for a while. Angela Solis. Uh, Angela writes in, Hello, Aid, Rach, and Graham, also known as Arg. <laughs> this is opposed to Jeremy, who referred to us as Rag. Um, tell you what, you read this one, Mike, because my, my audio is annoying me, so God knows what it's doing to the listeners. You crack on with that. <laughs> Great, great. I, you know, I feel like I, I feel like I, I'm just cheap labor for the show right now. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but, uh... That's not fair. You're free labor now. Get on with it. <laughs> I'm going to unionize this place. I can. Oh already, god! I can... <laughs> Should not let a fourth worker on it. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, here we go. I finally caught up with uh, your episodes. Been pretty busy on my end, but I'm happy that I was able to listen to the last six to seven episodes. Whoo! Enjoyed the discussion about AIDS shooting creative funk and how he could uh, overcome it. Although at the end of it all, I thought to myself, well, can he just let it be? (laughs) I am probably one of the very few people who doesn't try to rectify this type of creative dry spell. Instead, I just let it run its course and do other things. 
I remember in 2015, I hardly shot anything at all. I moved city, uh, moved city shortly after getting married and occupied myself with job hunting. Although I had so much time to shoot, uh, I wasn't feeling it. And it, the inspiration wasn't there, mostly because I was too focused with the life-changing scenar- scenario that I was as I was in. I became aware of the amount of photos I took as the year was about to reach its end. But then instead of shooting more or thinking of new projects, I just stopped worrying about it and thought another time will come. Instead of thinking that I have a problem to solve and be reactive about it, I kind of just left it as is. I guess I'm one of the, I'm one of the minority who does this. I know aid is slowly back on track, but to anyone else listening or is stuck in the scenario, I want to reassure you that it's okay. We can, we can always put photography and projects on the side to do other things. Could be photography related, but not necessarily the act of taking photos, i.e. Uh, filing, scanning older photographs, etc. And when we come back to it, chances are there uh, are fresh new ideas that are ready to be taken care of. Anyway, I actually want to ask my fellow listeners uh, with their experience bringing film to the airport. Never had issues with it. Uh, depending on the type of films I bring, I, I ask for a hand check. However, my recent experience was an unusual one, as the airport staff have asked me to take out all the films in the canister and including my instant films out of the foil. As you can already imagine, this did not go well, mentally or emotionally. Laugh out loud. Uh, for me, at least. Uh, at the end of it all, I thought I should have just brought my 10-row JCH uh, uh, case with me. Good thing there was no lineup uh, in security. Happy holidays to all. Cheers, Angela. P.S. Treats are on its way, but we have a postal backlog, so you guys might have to wait a bit. Well, Angela, the backlog cannot be any worse than posting the treats to aid as you did last time, which I think you did in the summer. Rachel and I got our hands on some of those OMGs last Sunday. Last <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> so I hope you haven't sent them to him again, otherwise he, he will just eat them all next time. Um, uh, I really liked Angela's thoughts on on. If you know, if you're in a creative funk about just leaving it be, just putting it down and taking a break from it, letting that happen, that is really, really good advice. Um, have you ever found yourself in this situation, Mike? Um, yes, I mean, sort of, I guess, but most of the time, my rut is mostly from the fact I just don't have time to take photos, and that that actually bu- uh, bugs me more. I would, I would love to uh, to be in a rut. Actually, it'd be like to go out and take photos and not be inspired. I just, I just can't get out and take them right now. I'm just, I don't have any time, but I do like her, her take on it. Cause it does seem like a lot of times people will tell you to kind of shoot, just keep shooting, keep shooting, kind of shoot through the rut basically. And, and maybe, uh, maybe that's putting too much pressure uh, on yourself. Uh, sometimes maybe you gotta, you know, take it easy and not stress out and kind of, kind of let it, let it happen naturally. It might be a, it's a, a different, it seems like it's a different tack than a lot of people kind of, you know, give out as far as advice on this type of uh, issue. Yeah, and this is something that we're doing, most of us are doing for a hobby. We're doing it for the joy of doing it. Um, and so if you're like, I mean, this year I have taken very few pictures um, because my life has been in a state of flux for most of this year. There just hasn't been the time. And 
I didn't want to get to a situation where I was trying to squeeze something into a space that wasn't there for it to fit and getting frustrated with it or getting frustrated with the fact that inevitably the results would have been terrible if I tried to do it. Um, and, you know, if you love something, let it go. And if it comes back to you, it was meant to be. And if you never pick up the camera again, maybe that was meant to be too. What about with other stuff? You know, we know you're a musician. Um, have you ever had times where you just thought, oh, I just, you know, has there ever been a period of time where you put down the guitar and just let it be for an extended length of time? Yeah, actually it was. When I uh, when I just left my the last band I was in, which was, I guess, I don't know, back in the spring or summer or whatever, uh, a spring, I think. I think I played my last show with them in April, I believe it was. And uh, I did not pick up the guitar till about a month or two ago. I just kind of needed a break from it. I uh, wasn't feeling inspired by it. And it's one of the reasons I kind of left that last band was uh, just wasn't really feeling it, you know. And now I'm kind of starting a new thing and picking up the guitar again after just taking off uh, three or four or six months, whatever it was. Uh, it's been, it's been, I'm re-energized by it, man. And it's been a lot more fun and I feel uh, a little more creative and I'm actually looking forward to like Monday nights when I get to go down to my, the gutter band cave and, uh, <laughs> and play some music because, uh, uh, it's, uh, uh, it's, yeah, something about taking that little break was definitely, uh, definitely recharge the batteries on it a little bit. So, yeah. And I think it, like when we start in photography or when we make the move from, digital to film um this it's so exciting there's so much new stuff we open ourselves up to such a world that you can really just kind of dive into that and you're you're it's like being a kid in a candy shop uh and when that feeling goes away sometimes you can you can really go looking for it but as you were saying with with the music if you're not feeling inspired you're not going to make anything that people particularly want to see anyway and if you're approaching it like, well, I just want to keep my hand in and keep in practice, that's fine. There's definitely value to that, to getting out and working at your craft and hoping that inspiration just strikes. But um, if you aren't feeling inspired by what you're doing, no one's going to be inspired by the results from it. So if you need to take a break, take a break. Um, the cameras will still be there waiting for you. They've Most of the ones we're using have been waiting for the last 30 years anyway. They'll be all right for a few more months. So um, great piece of advice. And what about this thing with taking film through at the airport? I have never heard of anybody had to go through all the rig and roll of opening all their film canisters up. That sounds a bit extreme. I, yeah, I feel like somebody emailed or maybe another podcast I was listening to. Or I remember I've, I've heard of this before, somebody having to do that. And maybe maybe Andre had it happen to him once or so. I don't know. Someone I, I've heard this. It's not the first time I've heard of this. It does seem a bit over the top. <laughs> but, I mean, especially when you think that this is Angela, who... I've not met Angela, but I've seen pictures, and she does not seem like the most threatening individual in the world to me. Um, uh, there you go. Oh, well. Uh, I'm glad you made it through safely anyway. Um, and thank you very much for the email, Angela. Okay, uh, one last one. I think we started with an email from Ian Fleming, and to bookend it, we're going to end with an email from Ian Fleming. Uh, actually, no, we started with an email from Dan Novak. Damn, ruined that. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll fix it in, in post I'll just edit the podcast so it makes sound like we did start with one for me and I definitely won't do that um, do you want to read this last one then Mike okay uh, dear sunbeams uh, further to uh, further to Annals tips on improving creativity I've got much more creative results than I expected by using Ilford's HP5 disposable camera 
You've no control at all. You literally just point and shoot. I think using such a simple camera has enabled me to concentrate on the shot only and not the technical joy of using a lovely vintage camera. And I've lots of nice cameras. I recommend carrying one with you at all times. It really works. Keep up the good work and shoot more film. Regards. Uh, I think that's it. That's it. So I know you've got thoughts on this because you've shot quite a lot with disposable cameras, haven't you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gosh, I went through a big phase, probably a a decade ago or so, and just having a lot of fun, just scratching up the lens on them and doing all kinds of weird stuff with them. But, but uh, yeah, it's I, I've kind of been wanting to, to pick up some more. But the weird thing is, uh, you know, you can get you can go to like a thrift store and get like a cheap, you know, a thirty-five millimeter non-disposable camera for cheaper than you can get a disposable camera. But I just can't get myself to scratch up the lenses on the ones you get cheap at the thrift store. I feel like the, the you know those are cameras that would be serve a better purpose. So I, I'm still probably going to have to buy me some disposable cameras and and really f up the lenses on them because i really enjoyed that but uh but i I do agree too it's just something about just general uh you know simple cameras hogas like i i have a blast every time i go out and shoot my hoga and i never it never fails to amaze me sometimes so uh yeah just uh there's something about it like just taking all the uh all the thought and all the kind of almost kind of all the science out of shooting photography and, and, and making it all just uh, creative because you don't really have any control over the damn thing. So, <laughs> so with the stuff you're doing about going out and you said you, you know, scratched up lenses and stuff like that, if somebody's interested in having a go at this, what did you find worked and what ended up with just garbage? Because I'm guessing it's probably about 50, 50 success rate on that stuff. What, <laughs> what works? What techniques work and what shooting conditions, once you've mucked with the lenses, gave good results? Uh, gosh, the most thing is I, I tried scratching the whole lens. Uh, that was, that didn't, that don't do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, I think my, my most successful, I, I kind of almost like Hoga style, just kind of scratched around the edge of the lens, left the center, uh, like, a, not unscratched. And that seemed to work pretty well. Uh, uh, obviously like, uh, it, it kind of makes it sort of, a what I was getting was sort of a foggy sort of almost toy camera or vintage kind of look, uh, sort of with, uh, with doing that. Uh, and it seemed like, uh, higher contrast scenes were better because you needed a little bit of contrast to cut through how bad <laughs> messed up the lens. And, uh, Oh, and, uh, don't, don't try, don't try putting heat to one of those lenses and see. <laughs> do that. Oh God. Thanks. For... <laughs> Didn't know that needed explaining, but apparently he does. <laughs> Have you got any? Are any of your results still actually on the interwebs, or is that before you kind of got back on social media? Uh, there's some, yeah. There's some. Gosh, probably way early in my Instagram. Uh, there's a picture of some trees, uh, like tree trunks that I took uh, with a disposable camera with the lens all scratched up. And there's one uh, kind of uh, looking up at the, at the sky with uh, some tree limbs, and there's a like a big hawk flying in the sky, but the hawk is a tiny, tiny little dot because it's is the camera by the way so it doesn't have a zoom lens on it you, you're really selling me on the idea that it's definitely worth wading back through decades worth of instagram pictures to see these pictures of trees and, and a tiny hawk uh, wonderful oh they're, they're they're beautiful they're just absolutely amazing uh, you... they really chat they really influence the world of photography i think so <laughs> Do you do you think the fact that you know the reason you love using these um, real basic disposable cameras is because the alternative is something made by Pentax and really that's not very appealing? 
<laughs> you know what? Uh, Pentax is a working man's camera, and uh, <laughs> so uh, you know it's uh, it's it's there for it's, it's it's for the it's for the people. It's a, it's it's the camera of the people. You know, if you if you elitists want to like you know uh, run along with your little foo foo. Uh, <laughs> Leicas and all that crap, you know. That's, that's your co-host, not me. <laughs> I, I have a foo-foo Leica. I mean, I'll take one. If someone, if, if one of these people who keeps posting you stuff wants to post me a Leica, I'm on board. I don't mind. I'll take it. Um, I'll suffer for my art, and I'll make other people suffer for my art too. Um, but uh, um, no, no, no Leicas here, unfortunately. Just, just yeah. And whilst we're on here, um, the the film community um, has asked me to. To tell you to knock it off with the APS stuff, Mike. We've got some re- we've got some bad news, but that puppy's dead. It did. It is stillborn. No. The AP, no. the APS revival. Um, we looked into it, and it turns out literally nobody wanted it. Um, and they said, <laughs> "Oh, this this was just the last in a very long line of Kodak trying to corner the market and make people buy things the way they want them to." And uh, and, and no, thank you. Um, I was. Uh, was what they said um so no. yeah we're so i'm afraid old yellow has been taken out back and shot <laughs> <laughs> and by old yellow i mean the old yellow boxes of film that uh, kodak <laughs> preparing for the aps cameras obviously um and well, and as as you're at the forefront of this we you have been asked as i said I, this isn't coming from me i don't want you to think this is coming from me i've actually been contacted by literally everybody else in the film literally mike everybody uh, else in the film community yeah. um uh. and what they've asked me to ask you to do and i say ask i mean it's more of an instruction than that is for you to take that um was it that nikon is it a nikon you've got the APS C S L R aberration. Um, take it, take it into your uh, guard and, and hit it real hard with a hammer, as if it was a scammer. Uh, just hit it real, real hard. And could you make one of your face palm book things that you do a bit, so we can all see that happen? Face face palm books. Yeah, do that. <laughs> that would be called a uh, face cast. And uh, by the way, this this just further proves, like any time. You have a revolution, uh, like a, a social revolution. There's always like the mainstream, like you know the Leica guys, like like Graham, like always <laughs> trying to keep like these these like these these cool counter cultural revolutions from happening. They're scared of it, you know. They want they want things to stay the same. It's the status quo, you know. But uh, you know we don't want these wild kids coming in here with their APS cameras and shaking up my my business. So you know we we know what's going on. The cool kids know, and we all know. That this APS uh, revival is happening. It's taken off, and uh, you know it's uh, it's uh, there's nothing you can do to stop it. It's uh, it just keeps gaining ground. You you realize Mike, <laughs> that APS is basically the Brexit of film formats. It's like okay, what you're going to end up with is essentially the same as what you got, only less less than, um, and it's going to cost you more, and it's going to be more restrictive. <laughs> Um, but you chose it, so sucker. Um, well, I tried, listeners. I did. You all heard me try. I, I did my very best. Um, before we get out of here, we've got a few things that I want to remind listeners about uh, that are very important, all very, very important things. Uh, the first thing is the Analog Winter Wonderland competition that we're running to make 
awesome Christmas decorations on an analog photography theme. Now, so far, I've only seen one entry. Listeners, what are you even doing? But the entry that I've seen is brilliant. Hilary, uh, who wrote in last week about her um, large format camera, made this fantastic lamp, um, candle lamp shade house thing out of old slides, and it looked so cool. Uh, the pictures are on the... Um, Instagram and on Twitter. If you search under the hashtag Analog Winter Wonderland, you'll see it. It's beautiful and it's lovely and it's a great entry. Uh, I was really pleased to see it. Um, so the bar has been set good and high. But don't don't just hand Hillary the win here, guys. I want to see some. I want to see some stuff. I want to see some creativity. It's it's getting to the making time. So get on it, Mike. Can you? Are you a maker, or is your better half a maker? You know, can we can we expect something from you? Uh, well, my, my wife, my wife would have sew a lot. Maybe I could have her sew me some uh, Christmas underwear, uh, photography underwear. Maybe. Uh, would that be? No, because because <laughs> what that leads to is you modelling them, and and nobody, <laughs> nobody wants that ever. They want that less than they want your APS film. Um, oh my God, that's what you could do. You could make you like, get your APS film reels that you haven't shot yet. Open them all up and get the film out of them and make garlands yeah. out of them. It's the best use for them. Make bunting out of the garland, out of the APS film. Oh, do that. Uh, no, hate it. Hate it. <laughs> Fake news. Um, so that's Analog Winter Wonderland. Make some cool analog photography related Christmas decorations and share them on Twitter or Instagram with the hashtag analog winter wonderland or send us an email with some pictures and you will be in with a chance of winning a wonderful prize from the lovely uh, analog wonderland funnily enough the name the clue was in the name there um, the next thing is the sunnies uh, which are now go and if you didn't listen to the last episode of the sunny 16 podcast through to the end make sure you do to hear the um categories for you to be thinking about i say thinking about because i haven't quite put the form up yet for you to fill in but it will be up this week promise scouts on it um whilst we're talking about things that are going on christmas related make sure you are posting off your emulsive secret santa gifts i say this because i haven't done mine yet but i've got a box now and i've got the stuff to go in it mike have you sent yours off yet i um i have to do that tomorrow actually i, I need to go to uh uh, a local liquor store, I think, and get some local. <laughs> local. I mean, we're not having that conversation about your juicy gonads on here. Thank you. Not dropping it down to your gutted level. What? Thank you. What? No. You don't want to hear about my, no. my, my <laughs> soap nuts? I mean, it's called bourbon balls. And yeah, I just need to get a, uh, some of those and put in there. <laughs> okay. Um, if, if you are sending a gift off, uh, as you were discussing on your show last week, um, Make sure it is a gift. Make it, you know, just you don't have to spend lots of money. You don't have to be, but just make the effort to make it feel like a gift. Wrap it up. Put a card in there. Make it nice. <laughs> um, uh, ironically, M did just get a jiffy bag with some rolls of film in it. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, it was a little bare bones. Um, I mean, at least he got a thing, which was good, and he got it in good time, which was very good, but it was a little bare bones. Um, so yeah, just the time. And the effort to sort of communicate is really appreciated. So um, just put some thought into it. You know, that's more important than the money. Uh, and I think that is about it for things we need to talk about this week. Is there anything that you would like to let the listeners know about, Mike? Oh, about uh, what, me? <laughs> <laughs> 
No, you're right. Stupid question. Um, Mike, <laughs> where, where uh, I'm sure most people listen to this are already very familiar with the Negative Positives podcast and uh, may have turned off the moment they heard you're on the show. But any who have made it through to the end, <laughs> tell them a bit about your show and where they can find it. Okay, well, it's the Negative Positives Film Photography Podcast, and uh, yeah, we have a show every Sunday, comes out on Monday mornings, and then we have a little midweek show that's a little shorter, and I'd like to think that uh, Sunny 16 copied our twice our by, our twice a week, uh, you know, uh, uh, format, and uh, you know, it's nice to see that uh, someone's trying to copy us a little bit, but uh, so yeah, but it's... Uh, Negative po- and you definitely join the Facebook group if you uh, want to be involved in a really active film community. Uh, some very good people on there. The Negative Positives Film Photography Podcast <laughs> Facebook group. Podcast <laughs> Facebook group. So angry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then also, I guess uh, I can give out my stuff here. Uh, uh, you can see my photography on Instagram at guttermanphoto. So yeah, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. That's probably enough. Um, <laughs> apologies again, listeners, for the terrible audio this week from my end. Um, I'm going to go and inflict it on Mike's podcast now because that'll serve him right. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you have made it all the way through to the end, um, one of the things we very rarely remember, I very rarely remember to shout out, is um, to say thank you to uh, um, for the music, which is at Incompetech.com from Kevin McLeod. I nearly completely forgot what it was then. And it's called uh, Big Quest, and I love it. But I think for show uh, 10 onwards, I think we might pick up some, some new music. We had some people send us some in, and I think we're going to start using one of those pieces. So we'll see if that happens next week. Um, and hopefully, maybe Rachel will be back with us next week. Um, if you haven't seen Before I Go, there is a wonderful... If you're missing Rachel, and I'm missing Rachel, because look at the replacement it's not pretty um go to analog wonderland there is a wonderful article on their blog uh an interview with rachel it's fantastic it is all the rachel that you need to keep you going in these dark winter hours check it out um and get your fix of rach until next time listeners we will be back later in the week with a chat with uh doc florian caps or is it florian doc caps anyway doc, doc caps and uwe from film. yeah we're big time here talking all about um the pack film revival because that's a real revival it's actually happening go to kickstarter now and look for the super sense pack film um kickstarter but we will be talking to them this week so do not miss that until then goodbye <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> well done on reading. You did very well. Uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs>